You're listening to Echo Podcast, where we talk about all things early childhood. Hello, we are your hosts, Bettina and Kate, and welcome to today's episode of the Echo Podcast, a podcast all about early childhood. To keep up to date with what's coming up, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Echo Libraries. We hope you enjoy the episode, and let's get straight into it. Okay. It's our very very first episode. So bear with us. If you don't know who we are, we are Echo Library and Resource Center. And so one of our missions is to bring more awareness to the early childhood community and the importance of uh, early education. Early childhood education is important because 90% of the brain is fully developed by the age of five. We are the co-founders of the Early Childhood Hands-On Library and Resource Center. It is a nonprofit uh, that just started this year. Um, And so we are both preschool teachers. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom with my seven-month-old. Um, I am still teaching, uh, but we used to teach together, and um, our whole Echo idea came about because during the pandemic, it was really tough getting um, materials and books for our kids, and coming in with um, not knowing what their interests were and not having enough of the materials to um, help engage them. Personally, like, it's been a little bit challenging coming into a different school uh, because our previous, our district stayed the same, but our school was moved. And so coming into a different school is always hard. So it's an adjustment not only for some of the kids, but for me and a few other teachers (laughs) as well. Um, But it's definitely a different pace, um, especially from what I've been used to, but I'm trying to keep up. And right now, um, our kids are not, some of them aren't even two and a half. So our, oh, really? yeah. So, oh. which is weird. Cause like in order to, for them to be in our class last year, they had to yeah. be two and a half. Yeah. So it's been a little bit different in the sense of licensing regulations and sort of, um, just, developmentally, um, especially with, um, previous teachers, um, we are fortunate to have the previous teachers of the classes that they were in, um, reach out to us and let us know, um, different things about them and how, um, their learning style is and different, um, what they like, what they're apprehensive about. And, um, whereas the last two years we, kind of had to go in blind with our kids. So it's nice to kind of have that like back a little bit. Like you can take it with a grain of salt and, you know, you can always go in blind yourself and say, I'm not going to, you know, listen to this. But sometimes it is nice if something's going on and you can reach out to another teacher and be like, you know, did this happen in your class? And was there a way that you found worked with it? How can we work with this child? And that's kind of nice to have that. We brought it into our school district, but then we decided that there was a need outside of the district and in the state of Michigan. So that is um, how we turned it into a nonprofit. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And we have lots of events coming up. We're trying to do one pretty much every month 
Um, and so if you're listening to this, we have one coming up within the next couple We're of really weeks. We're really excited about. <laughs> We're partnering up with um, Dessert Oasis Coffee Roasters in Rochester, and we're going to do a large fall scavenger hunt. So if you're interested, check out our website, our Instagram, our Facebook, all Echo Libraries, and you guys can buy tickets and come join and us. join us, yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. It will be. Uh, I think it'll be super fun. Every Wednesday, uh, we vote, uh, we have a poll on our Instagram. So if you see a theme that you're interested in, and um, go ahead and click it, and hopefully that theme wins for next week. Yep. Yeah. So Kate chose, and I actually just listened to it. It's called Our Class of the Family. Who's the author, Kate? It is Shannon Olson. Okay. Illustrated uh, by Sandy Sonke. I hope I'm saying your name right. I literally just uh, read this book a couple hours ago. Um, it is very cute. Yeah. I kept seeing it at Target. It's a Target exclusive. Um, and I kept seeing it um, on the shelves. And I stopped one day, read it, and was like, our kids need to read this. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> No, I think it's perfect for, like, the kid who's just going to preschool for the first time, might be a little nervous, doesn't know what to expect, and so as they read the book, they realize, like, oh, hey, I'm going to find myself somebody that, like, can relate to me in some way. Yeah. Uh, And then I'll have, like, a family outside of, you know, home and in my class, too. And that seems really comforting. Yeah, especially when um, students, you know even three years old are going to school five days a week. And so this is their second family. And it's nice to acknowledge that um, family is more than just, you know, mom and dad. It's, you know, people who are in your life consistently that care about you. And that's exactly what friends are. So it's a great way to bring it, bring it all together. Uh, on our website, we have a variety of activities that we laid out, um, kind of get the ball rolling for that coincide with this book. Uh, we have at-home activities and classroom activities and a couple of the things that you could do at home. You could do welcome notes or... I think the welcome notes are cute. Yeah. And if you don't do one for like every single yeah. classmate... Just, you know, you can address it to, like, your new class or yeah, I, yeah. room 202 or whatever yeah. it is. But also, throughout the year, this could be a great, um, like, continuation activity that on the weekend you were missing your friends. And so you drew them a picture. And so you presented it on fun day to your teacher. And they can hang it up after they discuss it at circle time. And I think that's where home meshes with this classroom and they can kind of like realize that okay we're thinking about each other when we're home too another thing that we would do uh, as teachers in our class is ask parents to bring like family photos so you always saw so kids could see their family photos in the classroom so they could always have some sort of connection or something they missed home yeah, sometimes, um, you know, a kid would wake up um, a little sad because they were missing mom and maybe that's what they were dreaming about. And so it was nice to be able to, like, um, kind of show 
like point to the picture and be like, oh, look at this fun time. And, you know, and kind of bring it back to mom and like not kind of distract or redirect the activity. Like if they're thinking of mom, we should show a picture or we could suggest let's write. And it kind of like helps them with the um, understanding like, okay, I'm still at school, but there are ways I can connect with mom too. Our question and answer of the week was related to our classroom and it was somebody wanted to know how they can approach my child's teacher about class roster for playdates with student privacy. And ever since COVID, this has been a huge one about how to approach a teacher or approach a parent. And some parents don't necessarily feel comfortable doing it, um, or they don't know if the other parents feel comfortable having, you know, play dates and whatnot. So I guess let's jump into it. Okay, yeah. Um, Um, I mean. You you thought of the idea, though. No, I had a parent ask me. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, you came up with the way to do it in such a way that oh. it didn't affect the privacy. So, yeah, we had a parent who um, wanted to know if um, they could have a class roster uh, for playdates, um, but especially not only with the privacy concerns, but with COVID, not a lot of parents were wanting to do playdates, or that was the assumption, and... Um, they kind of wanted to create this open dialogue to connect with parents that did, especially when parents have different drop-off times and dr- different pickups. And so it's hard to communicate. Um, you created this really cool idea that found a way to do that. Yeah, I was able to use what Google Sheets allows you to share things out. And so essentially I just put in the name of uh, the parent, actually the name of the student, I left parents' name blank. I left phone number blank, email blank. Um, that way, and I shared it out to all parents. And I said, here is, you know, an open roster that's shared with everybody. You put in whatever information you want. Um, and then other parents will see it as well. And then you guys can contact each other. And I think some parents ended up contacting each other and actually having playdates outside of school too. Up until last summer... Like this past summer, a parent reached out and asked if I could recreate it because they had lost it. So like parents mm-hmm. are using it, which oh, is another thing sure. to bring back to the family like sense because they're seeing them outside of the classroom. This is their friend that they spend, mm-hmm. you know, like most, so most of their day with and um, they're playing really well together and their imaginations are going wild. And it's nice to see that the parents are like, let's get together and let's keep this going so they can see themselves in a different setting. Yeah. I mean, depending on what school district you're in, you might even see this person for the next 15 years of school. That's that's an amazing connection to even have. Um, But as a parent, I would say, you know, just reach out to your teacher if they haven't done one, because privacy is definitely the number one concern. I mean, we have all of your information, but it's a bit of a fine line. Um, And every teacher is different. So I don't know what you're doing in your class, but for me, I wait till parents come to me before I just start something. Hey guys, this is Bettina. I'm currently editing the podcast right now and being this is our first one, we did make a tiny little mistake 
and forgot to introduce our next segment when we don't have guests on the show we're going to jump to reddit and we're going to find questions that parents and teachers of kids five and under have and we're gonna say how we feel and our advice on those matters it says just started working at a new preschool and in two days i want to leave already any advice quick blind reaction to just the title of it i would question how old she is and i he or she how old they are um but my other question would be or my other statement i guess would say is there's a lot of people who join this field thinking oh this will be an easy job i get to play with kids all day and uh, unless they know what goes into it and actually want to sit there and like observe these kids and actually like put find a way to put them first and especially having the education background um it it works in your favor because you're able to look for these certain things i feel like that helps like a person stay in the job but if someone just comes in and is like oh this will be an easy job that's why we have a lot of turnover and i think that's what the worst part of this is and it gets to the point where you're training so many people and it's like <laughs> do you even bother training this person and like you have to because yeah. this could be the great one but then you get a lot of ones that are don't really care okay yeah i had a couple people i trained for like one day and then they were Same. in no show the next <laughs> i know it like, just to the point where it's like okay now you're just a body in the classroom i'm just gonna do it all i like the yeah. constantly on their phone that like gets me like like you're not watching the kids yeah it's like that just shows that you know you don't care about the kid like you care more about what's in your hand like i don't know (laughs) anyway all right you want to get into it okay yeah let's get it so i have so i've just moved to the uk from a different country and since working at the center i have noticed that things are run here a lot differently to how i'm used at my previous center back home i work with ages five months to two and a half years that's a huge age gap already that should not be in one room i mean i guess right? if you're in like a center that's like run out of like a church or like a community center but like that still should not be in one classroom no. How does uh, that function? Well, apparently unless she's it saying doesn't. Like that's, unless she's saying, like, that's the center she's working in, she's, like, floating at all of them. The oh, she doesn't mention that, but she says, these children are being constantly yelled at and ordered around as if they are at least triple their age. They are babies, yet are not given flexibility and free will to explore and play. They are told what activity do, and they must sit at the designated table and not leave until told to do so. The center especially values manners, yet the babies are spoken to in commands like dogs. The manager is also in the room with all this going on, so it is clearly just how things are run there. I understand this is all to establish a form of discipline. However, it is constant, and the teachers are clearly just trying to intimidate the child, even when the child has done nothing wrong. I'm used to talking to children gently and with a degree of respect, so that kind of behavior can be mirrored. Basically, in all of this, I'm not sure if every center in the UK is like this, but I don't agree with this philosophy, and from comparing it to what I'm used to and have grown up with, these children don't seem happy to me. It's been really upsetting me. Obviously, I can't tell them how to run their center, but I'm already wanting to leave, even though I just started. It is against my values and how to treat children, and I don't see myself being there. What do I do? 
leave. <laughs> yeah, leave. I, I thought she was coming from a place where she did not know. I apologize, OP. But <laughs> I, I think you are on the right track. Don't be associated with this place. There are tons of other places. And yes, licensing rules could be a lot different in different areas, um, mm-hmm. different countries. But if it doesn't feel right and you have this experience, there are tons out there. This is not the place yep. for you. Yeah. No, it's terrible. And you and I no. have both spent way too long in terrible places. Environments. That, yeah, yeah, that I really wish I would have left sooner. <laughs> I agree with that. I feel like when things changed and I started realizing it stopped being about the kids and start, started being about how many kids could be, in, how many children could be in this space to the point where kids were on top of each other and biting. It mm-hmm. was just like, and then the body wasn't spat like specifically on toys. Kids, and it was yeah. just like, you know, this is not being about the child. And that's where, you know, that's where the line has to be drawn. Yeah. No, it's extremely unfortunate. And yeah. I mean, personally, even if it's tolerated by the parents and the other staff, I mean, that's just not my philosophy. <laughs> No, but even if any of those parents were a teacher, I feel like it would have been like, like, I don't know if you're seeing it as a staff member, just coming in for day one, someone's have got to see it. So it's like, how is this not been taken care of? I mean, I don't know what the UK licensing rules are, but if they're any similar, she can definitely report the center as well. Yeah, that's true. And probably should. Yeah, please do. Um, I did find another one that's from the parent perspective. It says, I want to start by saying I have a lot of respect for teachers. As I'm the daughter of a teacher, my sister is a teacher, and I'm a former special ed teacher. So she says, short question. Do teachers help a child in the bathroom? Um, explanation. My daughter is three going on four in November or in December. She started preschool last spring, but due to my husband and I making too much, she no longer qualifies for state preschool and she has had to switch to a district preschool for this year. My kiddo has ASD and is very high functioning, but struggles with pulling her pants down. This wasn't an issue at her previous school. Someone would help her. Her new teacher refuses to help her. Oh, man. My husband (laughs) picks my daughter up from school, and from the feedback he's received, the teacher has made us feel like crap parents for her being able not to pull her pants down. Today, in front of other parents, the teacher told my parents how she had, or my husband, how she had peed all over the bathroom and made gestures to show how the urine was everywhere. From what our daughter said, she was taken to the bathroom and left alone to pull her pants down, and her teacher wouldn't help. She says she tried, then peed when she couldn't hold it. She was ha- She's having issues with now aggressing and potty training. I should note we're in California. The teacher has explained to my husband she will not help my daughter, but this is something that has been happening in another preschool in the same district. I don't know how best to support her if we are being unreasonable for thinking we should get help from staff. I have requested a one-to-one aid, but they told me she needs a SICA or SEICA assessment. She does have an IEP, though. I've made attempts to talk to the teacher, but she's not responding to me. 
I am no longer teaching, but I have a good relationship as I am now an education advocate for a nonprofit, so I don't want to burn bridges. To keep my, the peace, my husband tries to handle all her school things, but he is not American and doesn't understand our system. Let's go back. What is the age of this child? Because that is like... She's three, going on four. Ages that we teach... <laughs> We're still like potty training sometimes. Like every kid is on a different yep. schedule. So even the ones that are fully potty trained at this time, like some an aide is there with in the bathroom and if they're struggling, like we help them with their pain. Like it's just like and you change them. And if a child has an accident, okay. That's why you have extra clothes. Right, you don't make a big deal about it. And then you it. don't make a big deal about it because then that changes the, you know, like, their view of what happened and their self-esteem. Probably why she's regressing. Right. Which I'm but sure like, is even more difficult with ASD. Yes. and But it's like, even at that age, it should be a no-brainer. Like, they should be there. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to just teachers and training, because I feel like, well, one, the old school view is by three, your child would be potty trained. Yeah. So she's still three. So yeah. So even if, yeah, if the mentality of that was there, I don't see it. Second of all, refusing to help her is not going to help her. Yeah. Yeah. like Which how is what is it sounds like the te- yeah exactly like that sounds like the teacher maybe might be thinking, but also do you want to be the one cleaning up urine every day because you just simply didn't help somebody pull down their pants? Yeah. I mean that's essentially what you're getting if yeah. you refuse to help somebody, and then on top of that maybe now she's going to go back into pull ups or something because. Right. And that just makes a lot more work for you when you could have just been like, okay, we're going to unbutton your pants. Or if you really wanted to suggest maybe leggings or something that doesn't have, you know, buttons or is easy to pull down. Right. You know, I just, I hate when teachers are just like flat out, like, no, I won't help. This is my rule. I just, oh my gosh. Like for every kid, like there might be, you might have different. Um, ways you talk to a certain child, like in the sense of what helps one child doesn't help another child. And this is the same thing. So like, even if the standard is three and potty trained, and that's what they're going with at this center, like you obviously know this child well enough to be like, okay, well maybe she does need that extra help of pulling down pants, you know? And it's like, why aren't you offering that? And yeah, it's a district. But yeah, well, that's why you go to the administration and just be like, yep. listen, like, Seriously. Uh, where does it say this needs to happen? Yeah, and tell them your concerns, and hopefully they're somewhat helpful and not yeah. backing and I up. Think, I think even with, like, I know moms, like, the moms worried about, like, being concerned uh, because of her um, standing with a nonprofit and like her background, but at the same time, it's like, this is about your child. So it should not get out because of privacy. Yeah. So I think like you, like dad and mom should be there. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think that uh, wraps up our very first uh, podcast episode um, for Echo 
And tune in for next week's episode where we'll talk about Jabari jumps and different ways to teach your child bravery and courage.